my god, we're talking about Hotline Miami. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> we are talking Hotline Miami from Deniton Games, uh, published by Devolver Digital. And I would argue this is the, the game that really put Devolver Digital on the map. Probably. This game was everyone's homework. I hope you played it before the episode. You can probably do that because it's not too long of a game. You can play it like me over the course of like four or five days and just break it up into little chunks because it's uh, it's uh it feels nicely segmented. The game is really, you know, broken up into just a bunch of levels. There's like, I don't know, 18 maybe. And those levels are in different chapters, as one would expect. It's like reading a book, except instead of a book, it's a video game. And my dirty little secret that I've been holding on to for, for a hot minute is that um, I've never played Hotline Miami, and I think I've lied about playing Hotline Miami <laughs> before, too. I don't, I can't think of another game that I've lied and said I've played. Oh, I have lied once and said that I played Final Fan, not uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts. But that was like a throwaway conversation that never mattered. And I just wanted to get out of it. But I think I've like genuinely been in like a conversation with other people who play games. Notice how I didn't say gamers because that's a dirty word. Um, other people who play games, and I'm like, yeah, I played Hollow Miami just to like fit in. But I didn't. I didn't. Why did you feel the need to lie about it? Dude, this is a podcast, not a therapy session. No, I'm just curious though. What is it about Hotline Miami that it made it? Well, why? Maybe because it felt like it was cool. It's like, oh, I don't want to be someone who didn't play that game. That game's a good game that people like. Nick's Steam avatars from Hotline Miami. I think that's probably because it's really easy to make your Steam avatar that. That's neither here nor there. Um, but like, but like, I know that there's a lot of people who like this game. It, it got it got a lot of buzz. The second one, people were really stoked about. It helped put Devolver on the map. I've heard. You know, people love it, whether they love it for the music or the aesthetic or the gameplay. And every time I saw it, I just... Mm. Here, confession number two. I feel like I have problems with games that have a Hotline Miami-esque, old-school, uh, pixel arty aesthetic. I think I generally try and stray away from those, like, like the top-down, low-fidelity ones. Mm. Some things, fine. Celeste... Totally cool. Not my favorite, but totally cool. Or like, uh, what? Into the Breach kind of has like a semi-pixel graphic aesthetic. F fine. It's like halfway there. But I, I, when I'm looking at indie games, I tend to stray away from things, things that look like Terraria. Yeah, yeah. Which right. I'd put Hotline Miami in. And I don't know why. Is that like the same as being racist? Am I like pixelist? Well, I think that right now, I think we are at an oversaturation of games that have like a 16, thir like 16, 8, 16, 32 bit style, like sprite art. Um, one, because it's easy, it's not easy to make those things, but it's easier than rendering out something. I guess you gotta wash your hands. Something that's not. I've, I've washed my hands so much. Today. Twenty seconds, hot water. I washed my hands. So He's much. touching his nose. It's fine. I'm, we live together. I'm a healthy boy. God. If anything, you might be at risk. <laughs> but I think there's so much of uh, those kinds of games on, like just the Steam marketplace alone, that it feels like as you're just kind of inundated with retro style looks. Um, but that being said. I think Hotline, I love that look personally, but I think Hotline Miami is a little bit of an outlier, especially for me, because I think the game looks ugly. Like, I think it's, it's a, it's a top-down sprite-based game that is ugly, but I think that the ugliness of it transcends, like, just the look, but it kind of permeates your skin in a way that makes you feel kind of gross. Like, the way you do if you drink maybe a, uh, one drink too many, 
and you kind of feel sloppy. And like that's the vibe the game gives me. Like I just feel kind of gross playing the game. And the game so what made this game a hit because the gameplay and the mechanics is fun, I'll give it that. But I'll also say that it's challenging and I feel like while challenge doesn't always like I feel like the more challenging a game is, and I think Hotline Miami is relatively challenging at parts, the lower probability it has for success because sometimes people just don't want that. Also, it does have like that kind of gross aesthetic where it's not like it's, you know, there, there is like the gross that's like a Tarantino-esque gross from what it's doing, but there's also just like the gross you're describing where it looks not clean. Like, I wonder if they really wanted that or if they would have had more time, money, or different artists if they would have like tried to... Make it a little less janky, because the game is a little bit janky. Mm, how so? Whether it be, like, some of the way that the sprite animations work, people falling down, whether it be, like, the the controls of viewing the camera, whether it be, like, the the AI interactions or lack thereof sometimes, it feels like, it feels like the game is consistently only 90% there, and then every once in a while you get taken out and you're like, wow, that AI just, like walked a path, saw me, and then went back to its home and then just stood there, but is looking the wrong way and isn't even on its patrol route anymore. So, what? Like, yeah. like you get pulled out and you're like, this is definitely a video game. Yeah, and, and I think that Hotline Miami doesn't shy away from recognizing itself as a video game. So going back a little bit to why, you, why I think this game got so popular. One, um, it kind of introduced the world to the idea of like, instant replay upon death like that's a feature like i know super meat boy kind of did it but i feel like this feels different than super meat boy in a way that feels less infuriating and a way that almost kind of encourages you to continue again whereas super meat boy almost feels mean in how it's like difficult mm -hmm. and i think that the barrier of entry just press a button to respawn you're right there you're in the middle of the action, the music's still bumping. It feels like you never really died to begin with. Um, so I think that's one of the big things because it, it came at just the right point. You know, um, the first two Dark Souls are out by this point. Um, Bloodborne is also out by this point. So like people are hungering for challenging, tough games. Um, but also, I think one of the most interesting interesting things about Hotline Miami is. It does its best to remind you that you are playing a video game and that it ties that notion to its like central narrative. Like the, the, there's like an overarching narrative about like Jacket going about and doing these mysterious killings for some reason. But I think if you take a look back at Hotline Man from like a metatextual level, it really is all about how people are conditioned to play video games without really asking any questions. One, because it feels good. Like, the game feels good to play. It feels good when you run around room to room, get combos for killing people quickly and stylishly. I definitely didn't play the game for the combo. Sorry to cut you off. I, I, I quickly found out that, like, the style points were less interesting to me than, like, the tactical points. I didn't want to master any level. I just wanted to finish it. Well, well it's, it's less even about combo because when I say combo, I don't really mean, like, oh, I'm going to make sure I change things up here. Instead of throwing something, I'm going to punch them. It's more so just your ability to go on these chains of killing people uninterrupted. It's almost like a like a twisted ballet to some extent where you're just like, okay, what's the fastest way I can make my way through this level while never coming to a stop, essentially? And I think it's that kind of frenetic gameplay coupled with, like, this feels good. Like, 
you are punching people's heads in. You are gouging out your their eyes with your fingers. You're doing some heinous stuff, but it's fun. And the game was like, it, the game doesn't criticize you for it. The game, unlike games like Spec Ops The Line, which are like, oh, you're fucked up, dude. You shot those innocents. Whereas Hotline Miami does it a little more maturely and asks you, why does this feel good? And then it forces you to ask that question. So it's not criticizing you. It's just asking you how, why you do How did I miss that? Is that because I skipped over every piece of text in the game? That might be it. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I think the first, the first time you know that this game might be a little bit more than what you think it is, when there's more than meets the eye, is the opening, though. When you're just kind of presented in a room with the three people wearing masks and they the first line in the game is do you like hurting other people and that kind of is the central i would say the central theme of hotline miami and, and again this is coming from someone who just like once i beat the game i was like there's something here that i'm not seeing and then i unlocked you know uh helmets a uh, little side quest at the end of the game mm -hmm. and like i realized there was more to this game than meets the eye and so i did my best to kind of really pick apart the meaning and then um do you know you know who errant signal is right on youtube yes errant signal i think one of their most popular videos most famous videos is their analysis of hotline miami and it goes in depth on how it is like this metatextual look at video game design us players investment into video game design and just i think i've probably watched that episode and then was like i don't i'm haven't played this game and then stopped because aaron signal does do some interesting youtube content it's like video essays for those who don't know yeah that are like really into like the literature of video games and sometimes it is whew, fucking heady like if you think super bunny hop can get heady man aaron signal can get like into some philosophy books of someone that I've never, never even heard before. Like, it's wild. Um, it's a good one, though. Highly, highly recommend it. If maybe maybe I'll go watch it. I mean. Maybe I'll go watch it tonight. I, I think... See, now, you're talking about the reasons why this game is, like, potentially great, right? Or why, like, people love it. Mm -hmm. And... Well, I don't, I don't think that's why people love it, though. I just think that that's there for people like me who love it. But it's also the extra layer. But it's also there on a subconscious level, though. Like I'm always, I'm big into that. You know, I'm big into the subconscious. I, I feel like the I, I, I am a simpleton. Sometimes, as much as it pains me to admit it, I can sometimes be a real simpleton. And I felt like there wasn't that hook for me mm. and i think the difference when i play a game that's like a like a good game or a solid game versus a great game is a game that makes me feel invested enough to actually want to read the narrative because man reading's a barrier of entry to me and there isn't even that much reading in hotline miami it's not like it's some fun it's not like you're playing disco elysium or something yeah it's, it's pretty it's, sparse it's pretty light but even with how light it was i found myself going like Mash, 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 and that's that's a sign that like something is wrong for me, right? Because I feel not engaged enough to try and try and get it on that level. I just wanted to play the core mechanics of let's let's bump this music, bust and put a mask on. Always the mask where doors kill people. I think that's one of the better ones. Oh, I don't like that one. Why not? It throws off my rhythm. I like the rhythm of door bump. Boom, knock out the guy across the room, go back to guy I bumped, stab him in the head, keep on moving. Like, I like the way that feels. Eh, 
I doors kill people. I think it's a great. What one. about punches kill people? No. Okay. I <laughs> I found myself. What's the best way to express this? I found that I wasn't always fighting with the difficulty or the puzzle, but I was sometimes fighting with the controls. And there were times where, like, I thought I was going to shoot someone, and then I got hit by a bullet that either that, like, felt unfair or mm. for some reason just the the way that the mouse sensitivity was or maybe I'm an old man now and, like, my aim isn't that good. <laughs> but, like, I feel like there were times where I would just take a first shot and miss someone that I shouldn't or, huh. like, just have – I would have problems – snapping from target to target if I wanted to like kill three random people that are running at me. I felt like I had some problems with controlling firearms. And I played the game with a lot of firearms. Hmm. I could see that. I didn't really run into that issue. I played the game like five times at this point because it's so short. It's so short. Um, I've always played with a controller just because I like the way that feels for that game. I play with a mouse and keyboard, so... Um, but I have heard a lot of people play with mouse and keyboard, but, but like even going back to frustrating deaths though, like I do think that the game is so forgiving in that, like there's no load time. You just hit a button, you restart and it's pretty forgiving as far as checkpoints go. Like you just get started on whatever floor you entered. So it's not like that big of a, an investment or a loss whenever you die. Um, but like going back to the difference in story and gameplay, I think Hotline Miami has enough to offer for people who want an interesting story or for people who don't give a shit and just want to kill people. Like, I think it appeals to both. Yeah, audiences. it appeals for the latter. I didn't I didn't struggle to play it. I didn't... Sometimes games like this, I sit down and I play all the way through because I'm like, ah, short, I can do it. I Between, like, the, the mild frustrations that I would have with it... Um, or, or I, I didn't feel like I wanted to do it all at once, but I kept coming back. Like, I'd play three levels. Next day, I'd be excited to play three more levels, and I'd put it down. And uh, maybe that's me growing as a person, playing games. doesn't need to just, like, power through all of them. But, <laughs> you know, I never felt like I didn't want to come back and finish Hotline Miami. Uh, I, I was having a good time all the time that I, that I was enjoying the, the puzzle aspect of it. So the core gameplay is obviously strong enough to keep me involved when I wasn't in love with everything else. I wasn't in love with the aesthetic. I wasn't in love with, like, the score screens at the end or, like, the weird vaporwave. I wasn't in love with yeah, the, this, this, this story or whatever you want to say, call it. But I liked the gameplay enough to keep playing, and that should be the hallmark of a good game, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, it... Uh, I, I'm happy that I that I played it because I I had fun kicking a door and then watching someone go ooh. Yeah, and and I think like we haven't we've touched on it, I guess a tiny bit, but like I think part of I think the thing that's instrumental in making the gameplay feel good or fun is the music. Honestly, I, I think that there's like this is one of the finest examples of like score or I'm sorry, music as the motivator for gameplay because I feel I felt like anytime I played the game I got into like a trance where I feel like my movement was in sync with the music to some extent and it feels like it's just a natural extension of you as the player which felt cool it felt exciting um, and, and really it's the first time I ever played back when I played the game it was for the first time it was like 
I never really felt a game like that before. Like where the I, music was driving you. Yeah, where the music just felt like, no, this is this is your motivator. This is how you do your killing. And like I just love the 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 assortment of music in this game because it's all from a bunch of different artists. Uh, there's you know Moon has a couple tracks that he's featured in. Um, you got Scattle and a couple, but like people that I know now because like I've just followed their music religiously after playing Hotline Miami. Like that's the music that I write to. Like it's the thing that I like always listen to. It's just it's like ingrained in me at this point. And uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's the first time I've ever had a game like sure I'd listen to Final Fantasy music on my phone, but it never felt like the motivating factor in playing the game. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty 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 cool and going back to the like vaporwave look i feel like when it came out it was kind of pioneering that look yeah it def time hasn't done a lot of favors because people have copied that because they liked it right yeah i mean people it, responded well to it yeah exactly and not only the music but just the way it looks i can know. hear the menu music in my head right now like I, if it's like music as atmosphere, which is awesome. Um, you recently watched the film Drive. Did that? I shouldn't be chewing gum on a podcast. Yep. Did that surface in your mind at all while playing the game? Nope. Really? That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Well, just because like the game was clearly inspired by Drive. Like just from the, the the tone, the aesthetic, the music, the outrun style music, your characters wearing like you know a jacket in the way that Ryan Gosling's character wears the scorpion jacket. He drives a like you know he has an iconic car that he revisits over and over. And there's moments of extreme violence, like stomping people in that. Like there's a lot of parallels, and the game is definitely inspired by. Yeah, I mean, I can see that now, and I kind of feel like a fool being like, no, I wasn't, but, like, I think that goes back to me not really sitting down for a metatextual analysis and me just being like, dude, the mechanics are kind of fun. Yeah. Is, so, is there one thing about the game that you'd say, like, outside of the, the mechanics that stands out to you? Or would you say that really is the big thing? I mean, obviously, like, the music stands out to me. The aesthetic stands out to me, even though I don't like it. But, like, it, it's the music. I think that that's the easy first thing to point to. Because it, it slaps. Yeah. Is that what the kids say? Slaps? Yeah, it does. It fucking slaps. It's a good... It's got a beat. <laughs> it bonks. <laughs> no, you don't bonk. Oh. Uh, bop. You want to go, oh. It bops. It fucking bops. <laughs> Um, God, I hate myself. Uh, I, 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 I couldn't ignore the music, obviously, hmm. and I couldn't ignore, I couldn't ignore the game. I wish, um, you know, I, I liked when levels were mixed up. Yeah, I think, I think they do a decent job of um, introducing new elements of like, oh, hey, you might not have realized that was a metal detector, but, you know, you just iterated on a level and realized that was a metal detector. Mm. Fun stuff like that. Or, man, how do I kill these these people who are in the middle of the room? Or how do I handle this boss fighter? I think that, that uh, the, they did a good job with pacing. Yeah. That is hard to do. It's easier to do when your game is shorter to pace it. Oh, for sure. But I, 
I liked the variety. I liked the core gameplay. But at the same time, I'm saying all of this, I like the gameplay. I like the core gameplay. I don't feel like a drive to go play Hotline Miami 2. So does that mean that I didn't like it enough to, like, continue carrying on? Well, I, I think it's interesting that you say that because, like, I totally, if the game didn't sell you on what lies ahead in a potential sequel, then, like, by all means, I don't think you should play it. But based on, like, your criticisms, I really think, like, Hotline Miami 2 is catered to people like you who who looking to relive the gameplay with maybe a more invested storyline. Because Hotline Miami 2 continues the bangers, it continues the bops, it still slaps. Um, the core gameplay loop is there, but where it differs... <laughs> oh, you didn't wash your hands, buddy. Oh, God, no, I'm infected. You gotta watch uh, the video version for that. Oh, gosh, he just spit his gum at me. Uh, but Hotline Miami 2 does something a little bit different because it loves, it lets you play as uh, three different perspectives from, from three different pers or it might be two. But you, the, the entire game is centered around Hotline Miami. The events of Hotline Miami have become so popular and so infamous that people are making movies about it. People are making knockoff video games. And people are just being inspired by the violence in Hotline Miami. And so you... <laughs> That's a fun... It's great. It's fantastic. Like, it's such a... Because a, it's true. Because people were inspired <laughs> by it. I get it. I understand why that would it, be... It's such a smart look at the game. But there's moments where the game is like, what if you didn't have a weapon and you couldn't hurt someone? What do you do? And there's like... That sounds not fun based on what you learn in Hot Miami. But it's gripping in a way that the other game isn't. And I'm like, oh, I kind of dig this. There's like levels where you get kind of maimed and you're in a hospital and you have to escape from while you're unarmed and you're kind of like dazed and confused. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. But I think you'd be more invested in that narrative um, versus this one. Biggest complaint with that game, though, a lot of unfair deaths because a lot of bullets come from off screen and hit you. Which kind yeah, of that stuff. even happened in Hotline Miami sometimes. It's more infuriating in the sequel because there's way more cops. Those cops, man. Which I think, this might be me reading into it too much, but I think it's a metatextual how cops and their guns are unfair. Like it's some like criticism of the police. But I don't know. The, the dude Denneton, uh, the guy who's the head of Denneton Games, the guy, one of the, I think one of the two or three people who made Hotline Miami is Swedish, I believe, or Norwegian. I don't know. I'm, he, I've, I've, he He's like a European, like hardcore European dude. Guns are bad. But it's interesting that it's like a pretty pointed criticism of like Reagan era, like politics in America. Trickle down bullets. It's, it's really, I think there's a lot there. I think you should, if you're interested in it at all, check out the Aaron signal because uh, they really do a good job of uh, unpacking it all. Guns are scary. Yeah, let's uh so watch Aaron Signal on Hotline <laughs> Miami, listen to the daily, and uh play Hotline Miami. Is is that the takeaway? That's the takeaway. I I feel like Hotline Miami is something that in in closing that I'm glad that I played for the sake of the podcast. Uh I'm glad that I had that experience or that I don't have to lie about it ever again. <laughs> I How do I know you're not lying now? Oh fuck. Uh, I can hear the music. It's, but it's it's not it's not going to be a game that I walk away from and feel like trendsettery about or like 
super stoked that I played. I feel like it firmly sits in the middle of the pack of like games. Like no bad feelings, some okay feelings, some good feelings. It's not it's not it's not broaching my, you know, top twenty video games list. Interesting. Is 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 a way to put it. See, I was convinced you would enjoy it just because of like how hard it is and like challenging. I don't think it was that hard, and the stuff I do think was hard felt unfair or out of my control, mm. which isn't a good way to define hardness. Mm, mm. I would know as someone who's fucking hard. <laughs> Got it. Phrasing. Joey, what's our next garbage game? I don't know, man. I figure you should probably t- tell me because I think. I think that I've picked. I think that I've. I think that like I've probably picked mm. the last couple, which feels selfish, honestly, because no, it cannot be Final Fantasy. Let's get that out. Oh, good. We could be near. No, it can <laughs> also not be that. I, uh, I, I, one, feel a little guilty because there are. I don't think you've said no to anything I've pitched, but I have said no to at least two things you've pitched. <laughs> I'm not playing Dragon Quest. Like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> I don't need that to round out my gaming experience knowledge. Maybe one day, man. Maybe let's make it a fucking Patreon goal or some bullshit. Um, God, I could be so miserable doing that. So <laughs> if you, if you want to throw some balls up in the air, just swing at one. All right. I think we're going to go with something a little more contemporary. Um, Contemporary? Yeah, something that's... That means something new, right? Something controversial. Controversial? I think we're going to go... What the fuck is controversial and new? Pokemon Sword and Shield. Oh! <laughs> Let's do Pokemon Sword and Shield. Dude, I cannot wait to record this podcast. I Does that mean that you're going to finish? I'm going to finish it. I've been done with... I finished Pokemon on my trip. I won't get too much into it, but on my Europe trip, I played and finished all of Pokemon Sword and Shield, and I feel like I've been saving opinions... For this podcast. <laughs> so I won't bury the lead too much, but I feel a little fiery about it. Okay. Which I didn't start with because if you start with a fire type, you're a piece of shit. Well, there you go. Uh, go check out Pokemon Sword and Shield. Or maybe just wait to listen to our podcast and then check it out and decide. But, yep. Not going to spoil it. But until then, thank you all for watching. And if you are listening to this on your regular podcast feeds... Consider backing us over on patreon.com slash cybergarbage. You know the deal. You'll get early access to this podcast and Joey Hates Movies. You'll get the video and audio version a couple weeks early, unlike the freeloaders who wait for it to hit the podcast feed a couple weeks late. But by then, you'll be missing out. So don't feel FOMO. Back us over on Patreon for only $5 a month. Um, But until then, choose your starter wisely. Goodbye.